Hooray, it's Monday, which can only mean one thing. It's time for us, me and you, to talk about ghosts. I mean, it's a very one-sided conversation because you can't talk back. But enough of technology mishaps. How are you all doing? Every podcaster in the world wants to know. They always ask, we always ask, how the devil are you? I hope you're well, personally. I know all other podcasters hope you're having a terrible day, but that's for them to deal with. They don't really. They're all lovely people. So today, I'm going to be reviewing another app. And this is an app which is not necessarily paranormal. Let's just say it could potentially change your life. How interesting is that? Mm. And of course, we have your ghost stories and we have Becca back to do her Reddit corner. Yes, all that to come. But first and foremost, we need to say thank you to our newest Patreons because they literally keep the show alive. If you'd like to become a Patreon, you need to go over to patreon.com forward slash we need to talk about ghosts. When you do so, not only will you help the show, you'll also receive two, yes, two shows each and every week. That's like eight a month, if I do quick maths. Um, one of those is just a ramble from me, trying to be funny, normally failing. And the other is a paranormal show, which airs on a Sunday. So that came out yesterday. So when you do that, I also like to say thank you via the medium of song. So we've got some new Patreons to thank this week. And I'm going to sing a little song to say thank you to them. The guitar is well and truly out, and we have three new wonderful patrons. Thank you, guys, to say hello and thank you, too. They are named Courtney Goodrich, Omen Obscurum, what a name, and Hannah Bird. And this song is for you guys. Oh, yeah. A Courtney Goodrich, Omen Obscurum, Hannah Bird. You support and patron, you support in the show. You're getting the lights on here, and I wanna say thank you. Ooh, 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 ooh. I wanna say, I wanna say thank you. Ooh, 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 ooh. Oh, nearly forgot to end it on a seventh. I ended it on a seven. So thank you very much to our new wonderful Patreons. Don't forget, go over to patreon.com forward slash we need to talk about ghosts. Okay, so now it's time for me to review something paranormal so you don't have to. And um, what I'm going to review this week is another app. So you'll recall last week re we reviewed the Necromonicon app. And people have emailed in and said they've since bought it or since thought, what a load of rubbish. And it was kind of getting a thumbs up and a thumbs down. So that about balances out. But this week, what we're going to look at is not necessarily paranormal, although it may lead to a paranormal experience or something you'd perceive as paranormal. Now, this app is actually been, I didn't know this till I looked into it, but it's been done relatively close to where I am. It was done at one of the universities in Liverpool, I believe. Now, this app is called Luminate. Okay, now the good thing about this app, first off, before I go on to what it does, is that you can download a free version. You can then can pay for the full unlocked version, which is what I've done because I want to give it a bit more time to see what happens. But let me tell you what the app is. Okay, now the app advertises itself as being able to take psychedelics, but without needing to take psychedelics. Okay, so for everyone out there who's ever thought, I wonder what it'd be like to like loosen the perceptions of my mind, baby, which I know a lot of people who are into the paranormal also kind of are into a little bit. I'm not saying they take drugs because we don't, you know what I mean? But we are interested in 
altered states of perception. Now, what this app does is it uses the flash on your camera phone. Okay, I will put in a disclaimer here to say I would imagine epileptics can't use it if you've got epilepsy. I would imagine because what it does is it uses the flash on your phone to go off at such high speeds in front of your eyes. You're meant to have your eyes closed, of course. You put headphones in and then for five to ten minutes, you hold the phone in front of your face um, in a dark room. And there's been some research done that shows that the effects on your brain after being subjected to this for like three or four minutes will start to mimic what it's like to be on psychedelic drugs. Now, that's appealing to me because I've got no interest in taking psychedelic drugs. No, thank you very much. But I am interested in altering my perceptions to see if anything happens. Now, they've been getting some really good reports on people who are saying, I've experienced this. I found myself on a beach. You know, all these magical things. I've not experienced anything of the sort as of yet. All I've got off from it really is like a few little different colors, patterns and stuff like this. But it's a very interesting concept and I'm all about technology trying to weave its way into our spirituality somehow. He says that was an, a nice way of segueing into it. But yes, it's called Luminate. Um, I'm not paid for any of these sort of reviews, by the way, just in case I say this each time, but I need to reiterate it in case people says, or people think, oh, he gets a kickback from this. I sincerely don't. I've currently got the app. I have subscribed to the full model just because I think after like maybe a week or something, you then only get really shortened sequences, but I wanted to give it more of a chance. So I've got the full thing released. And yeah, I want to give it a bit of a go. So currently I can't give it a thumbs up or a thumbs down because I haven't experienced with it enough. So I'm going to give it for the first time ever two sidewards thumbs because I don't know. Like, as I say, if you suffer from epilepsy or if you suffer from any sort of migraine induced by light, I would suggest to read all the warnings about it to see in case there's anything that might trigger you. But other than that, download it. It's free. Give it a go. See if it alters your consciousness and see if maybe you can loosen the strings of your psychic perceptions. Now we're going to go right into your paranormal experiences and the first one we're going to look at today is amazing. And I say that in all sincerity. It's coming from Gail and she actually sent it in a while back. But in the mix up with me rebranding the shows and other stuff like that, I mislabeled it. So now I've found it again and you're going to hear it right now. And it's bloody amazing. And it's called So I Might Be a Psychopomp. Now, do you recall, if you listen to the show for a long time, you'll know what a psychopomp is. A psychopomp is something, as far as I'm aware, but we may all be educated throughout this, this email. It's more like a letter, really. It's an attachment to an email. But a psychopomp, as far as I'm aware, is like the Grim Reaper. It's somebody who appears and guides people across the threshold to death. But we may learn more in Gail's letter. This is Gail's experience. A bit of context... A couple of years ago, I found myself in need of some mental health assistance for what felt like the darkest depression of my life. I was already taking the full dose of Prozac per day, and my regular psychologist was on a two-week Christmas break. Hospital wasn't an option, as I was breastfeeding my son and couldn't face being locked up during Christmas. Having exhausted all the Google searches for mental health help in my area, I started looking up healing. This was what I really needed. No matter how I framed the word healing in my searches, 
I kept landing on the same page for a local shaman. This felt serendipitous, and being very spiritual and open-minded, I booked a session for the next week in the vague hope that the shaman would lift some negativity from around me. The appointment came around, and the shaman explained to me that they would act as a conduit to spirit and remove unwanted energies, including stuck entities or spirit attachments. There would also be some soul retrieval work to reconnect me with pieces of myself, or my soul, which were lost during traumatic experiences. The therapy would happen around me as I lay on the floor in meditation. Now this seemed too easy, but all the same, I was a little apprehensive and really wanted it to work. The session was brilliant. Never had I experienced such a visual meditation before. I was seeing and hearing a whole other world. Blackness in the shape of two people ran from the direction of the shaman, a wolf standing over me as a protector, the abundance of colours and shapes. My lovely grandma appeared with her arms open, a chaotic mess unformed behind her. I heard a low, swirling wind around me which was isolated and not part of the calming music going on in the room. Once it was over, two hours zip by in like 20 minutes, the shaman explained that I should expect some changes or a shift over the course of the next week and to have compassion for whatever came to me. That night, I slept like a baby. The following night came the dream. I always had colourful and eventful dreams, storylines, plots and characters all fictionalised in my head without any connection to what goes on in my daily life. However, this dream was so lifelike and felt strangely normal that it stands out for me. I'm sitting at a low, round table with a mix of people I don't know. It's a social setting and I seem to be chatting and engaging with everyone. There's a guy to my left. He isn't really talking. I feel like he just wants to be near me. I see he has a backpack on. Maybe he's travelling somewhere. Next scene is just me and the backpack guy, and it feels like one of those end-of-night scenarios where you're the last two standing after a night out. He has shared something with me, something deeply personal, and I feel like he needs comfort. I put my arms on his shoulders and I look into his eyes. I hear myself say, I don't believe that of you. You are good. The mood changes. It's lighter and we're travelling. Flying, in fact. Me on his back, awkwardly heading in a downwards direction. We arrive in front of what looks like two elevator doors. One goes down and the other goes up. There's a bench in front of these doors and someone small is sitting on it perhaps waiting for the next lift or undecided on which door they want. I look at my backpack friend and I see his face clearer. He shows me his profile and I see a mole on his cheek and all I can think of is, beautiful boy, such a beautiful boy. There's now a wash of sadness. He needs to go. We both know he needs to go and I hug him hard. There's this overwhelming feeling of love like an exchange of feelings. Not sexual, but something powerful. I watch as he walks through one of the doors. The elevator is busy, but he finds a spot and looks back at me with a quiet smile. I wake up. 
It's morning and my eyes are wide open. Frozen in bed, but I remain connected to the dream as if it's just happened. The beautiful boy is still with me. My mind immediately goes to a train track. The one only meters from home and I know. I know he's real. I know his sadness and despair forced him to take his own life there. Fast forward a few more sessions with my shaman and I look and feel completely transformed. People notice the change and are surprised when I tell them I see a shaman. It can be a little too woo-woo for some people. I choose not to share the story of my dream with anyone other than my husband until one day a neighbour visits and she and I are talking about alternative health. She regularly sees a kinesiologist and raves about the benefits. Feeling really comfortable with her, I share my full experience with the shaman, including the dream. When I'm done telling her the dream story, I hear a nervous giggle coming from her. She looks me dead in the eye and says, Your dream is about my friend. It turns out she lost a dear male friend many years before to suicide on the same train track. To say this sort of blows my mind is an understatement, but when I see a picture of him, side on, with the mole on his cheek, I'm floored. What does this even mean? This cannot be coincidence and my next session with a shaman is an in-depth discussion about the work of a psychopomp. A psychopomp is a person or spirit who, along with other work, connect with stuck souls who are trapped in the earthly realm. Souls of the dead can be trapped out of fear, guilt, remorse, unfinished business, confusion or simple refusal to move on. They may wander around where they once lived, died or somewhere they feel alive. They cause hauntings. They attach themselves to people and unintentionally cause the person to feel depressed or to act out of their normal behaviour. Stuck souls who suffered addiction in their life may hang out in pubs. Yes, pubs. Feeding off the intoxication and enjoying the buzz through osmosis. Lots of unpacking with the shaman later and I realise that maybe I've been doing the work of a psychopomp for years in my sleep. A long-time sufferer of fatigue, I often wake up exhausted, as if I just did a night shift and yet to have a solid eight hours rest. This is often a sign of someone who leaves their body for the other worlds in their sleep. I recall many dreams where I'm fighting demons and spirits and asking them to leave wherever my dream is set. It could be a family home, for example. Sometimes I feel accomplished and other times the entity has more force than me and I wake up shaken. A more significant dream about my uncle, which happened a couple of years prior to me meeting the shaman, might explain the psychopomp in me a little better. I wasn't particularly close to my uncle, my dad's brother. Not that I didn't like him, we just weren't a close-knit family. I always wished we had been. He appears in my dream, quietly sitting in a chair. I'm standing in front of him. I feel like we aren't physically talking, but there is some sort of communication. The next thing I know, we're both arriving somewhere. It's a street, and right there, sitting on the curb, are members of my family, 
all deceased. My dad, my lovely grandma, my cousin, and some other people I don't know. They're all smiling and welcoming us over. My dad stands up and makes way for us. It is just the most beautiful experience to be with these people again, laughing, sharing a drink and feeling at home. I wake up and decide the dream is a sign that I should reach out to my uncle and open a conversation to begin a relationship. I open Facebook and go to his daughter's profile, thinking I will message her and get his email or phone number. Her last post is a picture of my uncle and a sad announcement that he passed away in his sleep that night. Putting the pieces together, I see that my uncle needed help crossing over during his passing, and it was my job to travel with him. I believe that wholeheartedly. This last story of mine has prompted me to take psychopomp seriously, and I now have a nightly ritual where I ask spirit to protect me and to let me sleep, undisturbed, until I am ready to work with the dead. One night, I woke up and couldn't get back to sleep. I am restless and my husband is sleeping downstairs in the living room. I put the bedside light on and reach for my phone to check the time. It's 3.30am. No sooner have I picked up my phone when I hear this almighty yell from the living room. It's so loud, guttural, anger-filled and unearthly that I immediately know it's not my husband and figure I must have connected to a YouTube video with the Bluetooth speaker on full blast. Of course, there are no such things going on with my phone and I'm now petrified, absolutely fearful, too scared to call out, too scared to investigate. I keep the light on and fall asleep sitting up. Two nights later, I dream that I'm laying down on my bed asleep, in the exact same position as I am actually sleeping. A man is leaving over me, very close, but his face is distorted, and although unidentifiable, I know he is old. He is spitting with anger, yelling at my face incoherently. I wake up with a scream and slam the light on. Of course, he isn't there and it takes a while to get back to sleep. It's my belief that when you're called to work with spirit, or you open yourself up to the other side, you shine like a light and you attract the good, the bad and the ugly. And it's necessary to call in protection, educate yourself and set boundaries. Souls will travel time and space to find a person who can help them. And although I didn't help the old man, I know he was just passing through and has moved on elsewhere. With those experiences, and more, I think I might be a psychopomp, but for now I am taking things slow. I recently studied a course in End of Life, and I feel the next thing for me to work with are those in palliative care who need a little extra guidance and compassion for their journey on a spiritual level. COVID has certainly slowed my progress in becoming a volunteer spiritual caregiver, but I see it as a time to do some real work on myself before going into other people's sacred space. I hope there are some nuggets of interest in my experiences, 
Please keep up all the amazing work you do at We Need to Talk About Ghosts. It's my weekly indulgence listening in from Australia. Lots of love, Gail. Wow. How do we unpack that then? Well, firstly, I need and we need to thank Gail for sending in that story or that series of events or indeed like almost a diary of your spiritual experiences. Fascinating. Secondly, I need to thank you for the education because I always thought or assumed, should I say, that a psychopomp could only be a spiritual deity, like the Grim Reaper, like a banshee, you know, something which foretold or carried across. I didn't realize or even contemplate that it could also be a human being. Do I believe that you are a psychopomp? I don't know, but I will say that your experiences there certainly point towards it. And it's fascinating. It really genuinely is. I mean, we talked about mental health on the show before. And thank you for being so honest as well, Gail, about your mental health journey there as well. Um, I, you know, I, I'm not great with mental health on occasion. And I know a lot of other people who, who aren't too. And it seems to be, I'm not saying it's a common thing, but it seems to be maybe more common because more people feel open enough to talk about it. But I am exceptionally interested in the work, you see, that was done with that shaman um, and the experience that seemed to come out of that. Such a fascinating account. So thank you very much, Gail. At the end of our correspondence back and forth, you also say that you've got a few other stories that you're going to write down. So I think I'll say it here, loud and proud. Please do, Gail, and send them in, for that's how the show works. But thank you so much, Gail. That was really amazing. So I think, after Gail's amazing tale, we need to speak to someone with a more rational point of view. And I think we all know who that individual is. She sat reading Paranormal Reddit in her corner. It's Becca. Ladies and gentlemen, now it is time for Paranormal Reddit Corner with Becca. And it's rapidly becoming everybody's favourite part of the show, including mine. It is indeed that little jingle which tells us Becca's in the room. Hello, Becca. Welcome to Reddit Corner with Becca. Insistent on doing that, aren't you? I thought we agreed. Well, we did that agree. Should do but it. Well, yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah, well, then what's your problem? Only because I literally say those exact words in the jingle. Right, but we've been through this. That's you welcoming people to my corner, whereas I need to welcome people to my corner. Okay. And you agreed last time, so why are you now going back on it? I don't know. Okay. Well, you know what? Maybe I'll replace my voice with your voice over the piano. How does that sound? I feel like you're thinking too much into it. I am, yeah. I okay. say like four words, just accept it and move on. <laughs> Fair play. Okay, so it is Reddit Corner. I found, as we all know, I don't read any of these. I find the first sentence. If it says spookiness, I go great. Mm -hmm. If it ends with never again or similar, great. All the stuff in the middle, we find out with Becca. And I can tell here the extent of your research because this says, this is titled, has this ever happened to anyone else? And in brackets, it says, ghost story. Yeah. So you've clearly saw that right. That'll do. That'll do. No, because it's also on the, the subreddit. So people know where to find the subreddit r slash ghost story. Okay, Becca, take it away. Let's begin. My grandmother passed away a few years ago, but she used to tell us this story about what she would experience during before a loved one would die. Mm. She was the youngest in her family, so she, unfortunately, had to experience this a lot. She lived in an old house with a spiral staircase. She would occasionally see a figure of a woman walking up these stairs and then vanishing. Within the next few days, someone in her family would die. So, pause there. So she's like a banshee, this thing she's seen. So like a portent of death. A psychopomp, if you will. Yes, well, we don't know if she's a psychopomp because she's not necessarily leading the person. The person 
isn't necessarily in the house. It's just part of this lady's family. I love how your occult knowledge has gone through the roof since knowing me, even though you don't believe in any of it. I taught you what a psychopomp was. Well, let's move on quickly before that becomes fact. <laughs> it's fact. Within the next few days, someone in her family would die. This would happen pretty much every time without fail and caused her fear every time she saw it. This would also happen to my mum too, but in a different location. She would have a vivid dream about the person and then the next day, she would get a call that they died. The most vivid one was when her uncle died. He appeared to her in a dream in his underwear and was running around the room. The next day... Stop laughing. <laughs> What's not funny about The next about day... My mum received a call from my grandmother saying that her uncle died in the shower the day before. Not in his underwear then? Unless has, he was cleaning them in the shower. Has this happened to anyone else's family? Okay, well, it's an interesting one because I do like the idea of for, or harbingers of death sort of thing. Well, that's not the right word, but you know what I mean. Yeah, I, like, I suppose it is, yeah, harbinger, yeah. Yeah, so like something which foretells death. Like in Harry Potter, it's a grim. As in like grim reaper? No, it's like, I think, called a grim. So they believe that this big black dog is a grim, and if you saw the black dog, someone was going to die. Well, that's quite... Or sometimes it was the person who saw the dog would die. Well, that's a bit ripped out of old English folklore, because that's a thing, black dog, um, symbolising death. Yeah, okay, I don't think it's ripped out. I think it might have just been used. No, yeah, I'm not trying to disparage J.K. Rowling. She she does that herself quite well. (laughs) Um, But I do like the idea of this this forewarner of death. Interesting question, Becca. Mm -hmm. If... Because your family is Scottish mainly, isn't it? You know, yes. your lineage yeah. is Scottish. Yes. Like you are the relative, as we've established, of um, Jerry Raffertry of Baker Street. Aren't yes. you? He's your nan's cousin. Yes. So there is a Scottish lineage there, which is Celt, and mine's Irish, as we know. Um, so technically, I think I've got a banshee, but we should have a family banshee. Because the three names attached to my family is Coleman, Eustace, obviously. And O'Neill's, they're the three Irish families which are part of our family. Mm-hmm. Now, I know the O'Neill's have a banshee. I covered it in a Patreon recently. But my question to you, Becca, is if you had a family banshee attached, would you want to ever experience it? Would you like the knowledge? Because uh, it's kind of vague, isn't it? So you'd hear like, mm. and that just means there is an impending death. You don't know of whom. Um yeah, no, that sounds very obsessing. The thing, so with this woman going up the stairs, though, yeah, what I have a question is, why is this like ghostly woman going out away to let the grandmother know? Like, why mm. is she choosing her to let them know every time? Why is she not going to anyone else? And like, it just sounds like there's too many things at play. If someone's dying, then this woman is both. So if she's not your psychopomp, yeah, if she. You know, kind of, why is she involved and why is she going out away, spending valuable time? Yeah. Um, you know, alerting the grandmothers. Yeah, I also think it's kind of um, like I was saying. But anyway, getting back, answer the question. Mm, well, would um, you want to know? Yeah. You would see, but this is the thing with all, many banshee stories. There's um, especially if it's just a howl. I wouldn't really want someone in there because I think that's scary. yeah. But, but yeah, with, like with many banshee stories, there's there's no specificity. Specificity is that right? Specificity. Specificity. There's nothing specific about what they say, is that it's not like they go, Fred Tuesday. So you can go, fucking hell, I haven't spoke to Fred in ages. I best get him on the phone and like make amends. Mm. They just go, anyone you know, anytime soon. Yeah, and I mean, like family. Like they're they're saying here it's family. Like what are the rules for family? Is it purely a blood relation? Like, mm. so if I heard it 
and it was family, would I know, for example, that you were safe? Or would they, you know, because we oh, live together, yeah. would they consider that family? Or once we were married, would that become family? It's fa- a good point, like, yeah. What, you know, where, what, what are the rules is what I want to know. It's What's like, the, the T's and C's? Yeah, so it's like if there's a, if, if banshees exist, do they sit there with a pad and pen? And when like, so I, so let's say I have a family banshee mm-hmm. under the O'Neill section, mm. right? If me and you get married, does the banshee then pull out her pad and go, grab Becca to the list now because they're married under the eyes of God? Yeah, exactly. Um, see the way I've surreptitiously um, laid the foundation for us having a religious wedding there if we ever get married and that you, will you not accept be the case. it that will absolutely not be the case I'm a Catholic if we ever get married we have to get married under the eyes of God otherwise I'll go to I hell I thought God was everywhere touche you bloody God atheist <laughs> damn these atheists and their rational arguments okay then Becca well once again it's been a pleasure to have you or have me in your corner mm-hmm. Um, anything that you'd like to sign off with? Are you going to stick to your safe journey home, guys? It nearly came a cropper last week when I implied people may die on the journey home. But Yeah, I'd rather you didn't do that. Okay. Um, thank you for visiting Reddit Corner with Becca and safe journey home. I think there's nothing I can add to that. Although I'd like then to... Then why try? Because I'm a rambling piece of shit. <laughs> um, but okay. Thank you, Becca. As always, you've been a pleasure. Now, before I go, I just wanted to say something there. You may wonder why I didn't reference the previous story from Gail in that conversation with Becca about the psychopomp. Do you want to know something mad? It's never really happened to me on podcasts, but I hear the podcasting godfather Jim Harold say it all the time when he goes, this is my Jim Harold impression now. Well, you know, sometimes you get the calls coming in and the show kind of writes itself. And I've thought, Does it, Jim, or do you put them all together? On my life, I recorded that Reddit corner with Becca about a week ago, and I forgot what the content was. I'm being genuinely serious because we just have a talk and a laugh, and I record it, and then I sew all the show together. But that was the last one. We need to do some more this week. So that's the last one I've had on file there. Like, oh, that's a a Reddit corner with Becca. I need to add that into the show. And it was about a psychopomp. Genuinely, on my life, I read out in today's show Gail's email live, like within the last hour I've done that. Then I've just went to that file and dragged it in, Becca's Reddit corner, and forgot it was about a psychopomp. So there you go. Jim Harrell speaks the truth. Spooky coincidence. Huh. Huh. What does he call it? It's a head scratcher. Good Jim Harrell impression, Kevin. Thanks, Kev. Okay, guys, that wraps everything up for today. I'll be back with you next Monday for another Monday montage of the paranormal and mysterious. And if you like what you hear, you can go and sign up to our Patreon where you get two extra shows each and every week. Go to patreon.com forward slash we need to talk about ghosts. In the meantime and in between time, as Jeremy Springer did say back in the 90s, take care of yourselves and each other. Tatty bye. (laughs) 